0: Welcome into the Grace Point Daily Podcast. My name is Jeremiah Johnson. This is episode number 94. It's going to be a real-life stories edition with Chad Shepard of 618 Mentoring. The last few episodes, we're excited for a couple reasons. We're, we have a series of real-life stories, and they're in conjunction with this conference that's coming up in the southern Missouri area called No Price Tag. It's a conference about purity and teaching teenagers to live with purity and a passion for jesus and it's led by rachel johnson who is author speaker and founder of the no price tank conference she's with us on this podcast as well pastor rachel how are you
1: Doing great thank you
0: just touch on that what that is real quickly for us the no price tag conference
1: we want kids to live with a passion of purity for jesus and so the conference is going to be august 15th, 16th, and 17th, right here at Grace Point Assembly of God in Carthage, Missouri. They can get all the information, all the detail at nopricetagconference.com. And then also on Facebook, they can follow No Price Tag Conference on our page. It has lots of interviews and the schedule and all the details are right on there. But they do need to register so we know who all is coming. But they can do that right on nopricetagconference.com.
0: It's going to be a conference that's powerfully, powerful spiritually. There's going to be a lot of fun. There's a spa night for girls. There's breakout sessions. There's games. There's activities. There's free food, but probably the best part of this conference will be the powerful stories of the speakers that they will be speaking into the lives of these young people, one of which is Chad Shepard of 618 Mentoring, and we're going to welcome him to the Grace Point Daily Podcast. Chad, how are you?
2: I'm doing well. Excited to be here.
0: Good. Great to have you on the Grace Point Daily Podcast. We're going to kind of dive deep into your story a little bit because it's a Real Life Stories edition, but just give us the overall bio of where you're at right now, what you're doing.
2: Yeah, so right now uh, my journey is kind of unique. I'm um, kind of in a phase where I'm still just seeking out and obeying God, you know, as opportunities become available. But I'm doing 618 mentoring. So what I do with that is men, young men and, you know, middle-aged men, that are struggling and addicted to pornography and want to live a life of sexual integrity, I take them through a program. And so we go through about a six to, well, one of the programs is roughly 20 weeks long. And so a few months, and then we kind of reassess at the end of that, see where they're at, what, how they feel and what we would do from there. Um, But just really, you know, diving into this issue and this epidemic in our churches. Um, And so doing that, Uh, We led a group at our church here recently, the uh, Conquer series. And so we just finished that up. That went really well with some of the men in our church. So just trying to start this conversation, have these conversations about the epidemic in our churches um, and kind of dealing with some of the root problems and, and going from there.
0: Yeah. And you're doing some of this in real life with people at churches. Is it also an online thing as well or a website based thing?
2: Yes. So with the mentoring, one of the guys I'm mentoring does not live where I live. And so we do it virtual. So either over the phone or we'll do zoom, something like that. Um, Whatever works for them, really. I try to make sure they have every opportunity and as easy as can be for them. So yeah, we, we, uh, we have multiple different ways we can do it. Um, And we just meet once a week for an hour Go over the, we have material that they go over, worksheets, they go over check in type stuff. And we do all that. So, yeah, it's, wow. it can be anywhere in the world.
0: Well, and it's still interesting. I don't know why it's 2019, and I don't know why it's still uncomfortable for us to talk about this subject of sex in the church, right? right. Pornography, all these kind of things. It's very interesting. Uh, Rachel Johnson Johnson is my wife, and we have different testimonies. One of you know very different testimonies, but I know for my wife, she grew up in church, Pentecostal Christian, etc. And sex was almost like a dirty word. You know, don't talk about it. You know, it's bad, etc. My life, the flip side, uh, not being not a Christian, it, that was not in my thinking. Uh, there was exploration to that, or, you know, it wasn't like not talk about it. It was right. just a different lifestyle. So then when I get saved and I get in the church, I realize like no one wants to talk about this word that was so freely talked about or discussed in the life of being a non believer, right? And then reconciling the two, but most importantly, learning to apply God's perspective on this issue and this thing that he created. Now, he didn't create pornography, but he did create sex and the intimacy and the desires of man and woman, et cetera, et cetera. And so 618 is about mentoring in this whole process, but there's a reason this all started. It starts with your story. Let's dive into that.
2: Yeah. So I was a pastor's kid. Um, My dad pioneered a very small church in a small town. Um, God called him to that. So I had, it's a unique story. I mean, I I was not really the rebellious type. Um, maybe on the outside, I you know, there was probably some on the inside, now looking back, that i seen. Um, but, yeah, like you said, you know, sexuality and sex, you know, is never talked about. You know, I might have had one talk with my dad or something at some point. But other than that, you know, I was discipled by the world, um, you know, regarding sexuality because as a young man, you know, you become curious, you hit puberty, all these things start happening, and you just kind of, you got to figure things out, you know. And if if the church isn't talking about it, if your parents aren't talking about it, then the the world is talking about it. So you you end up finding everything there. So I, uh, you know, and I've been starting this ministry that I'm in, I've looked back a lot and reflected a lot lately. Um, and it's crazy because I, you know, I try to think of the first time I was introduced to some sort of pornography, and it was probably you know, looking back, probably like a National Geographics magazine, you know, like something that you really don't even think about, you know, and it's just in like a family's home or something, you know, and we just, as kids, you know, we looking through magazines, but just, you know, not understanding. Anyways, going from there as a young man, you know, just just battling with pornography and and, and lustful thoughts and all these things, yet it was so deep that I just did everything within my power to, you know growing up in church, you know, you just pray, you seek God, you know, pray harder, read the Bible more, and then, you know, eventually this will leave you. And that, that really didn't work for me. Okay. Um, so I, I tried, you know, and uh, I think I had it at somewhat of a, a quote-unquote, manageable position, you know. Like I wasn't just, you know, knees deep in it. But, it, I mean, that doesn't matter right? at all. You know, sin, sin is sin. And so uh, my—so— I grew up in church, you know, was struggling with this, hit it very well. No one ever knew anything. I ended up joining the military. So I moved out of my house in with some other family members when I was about 17 and then went to college for a semester and then joined the Air Force. And then God, he has a very unique way of doing things. You know, for me, <laughs> yes. I'd never even flown on an airplane until I flew to basic training. So wow. I'd been pretty much, I mean, we took some vacations, but Oklahoma was home. So... Regarding the military, I didn't really want to go very far away. So I I think I put on my list to go to, like, Denver or San Antonio. And then I got my orders of where I was going after tech school, and I was going to northern Japan. So literally in the middle of nowhere. Okay. I mean, Northern <laughs> Japan, I'd never even heard of this place before. And I was devastated. I, I mean, I was really devastated because it was taking me away from my family, my friends, everything I had known. Uh, I was a very sheltered kid. Um, and so it was just like a – it was – it was very unique but looking back i see how god used that because basically it made me find out what i was going to do with my life and how i was going to respond to him you know was i going to trust him was i going to get closer to him or was i just going to go out and party every night like everyone there does okay so in that moment um was kind of when i came to a place where i couldn't stop you know like so you know you struggle with pornography you struggle with masturbation all these things and it was just a this vicious cycle, you know, and I would lay on my floor and cry and pray like, God, why can I not stop? You know, please. I'll, and then make these promises. you like, God, I promise I'll never do it again. Okay, yeah. And then, you know, here soon, you know, a few, maybe a few weeks later, I'm doing it again. And so, and there was even points where I was getting so mad at myself, you know, the shame, the guilt, I would try to, you know, inflict self-harm, maybe punch myself or something. So I could think, well, maybe that consequence will help me stop, you know? Mm. And so. I didn't know what to do because I was still too scared to talk to anybody about it. Just because it was, no one ever had talking about, uh, you know, talked about this. So I ordered a book, um, "Every Young Man's Battle," and that book it didn't fix me, but it opened my eyes to a lot of things that I had never known before. And one of the biggest things, looking back, is just the fact that I was not alone in this, and that there were a whole lot of other Christian young men just like me struggling with this just it re, it gave me like this renewed hope that mm. okay, maybe there is hope for me. Maybe I'm not such a freak like the devil's been telling me and such an idiot. You know, I mean yeah that's what the devil whispers to us all, you know, when we're going through those things is wow, you're a real loser. Like and you're definitely the only one. I mean, you're a pastor's right. kid. You should have this together. You've grown up wow. in church. I mean, all these lies the devil has just told me my entire life, you know, and so that book really it, it changed my perspective and get and gave me hope. And then one of the another big turning point in my journey, you know, to sexual integrity. And I mean, it's still a journey. I don't ever want to think that I have it all together, you know, or I mm-hmm. I never have temptations or anything like that. But I met my wife, and we went to some premarital counseling, um, and that was. That got down to more the root of the problem because the looking at pornography and stuff, that's just a very small percentage of a much bigger problem. You know, that's just a that's just a symptom of a much larger problem. And so when we went to premarital counseling, we had an an amazing counselor and she got some things out of me that I didn't realize was there. Father wounds that were there, uh, bitterness, anger, all these things that were there that I was just wow. treating by you know doing these other things that just gave me a quick a quick fix and a quick a quick high. So once I you know was able to process and heal through those areas, that really that really I took it. It felt like the Lord helped me take another step in my journey uh, to to sexual you know live in a life of sexual integrity and freedom. And again, it's it's a journey that I've been on for a long time and it's I've still and I'm still learning a ton uh yeah just since I've you know the Lord's laid on my heart and kind of what got me into this ministry was I started the Lord kind of started opening my eyes and laying people on my heart specifically regarding this topic like pornography and and I would talk to these young men who are just like me you know growing up in church you know from the outside they looked like they had it all together but the lord somehow i could just sense that something wasn't right and so i would talk to them and sure enough they were all struggling as well and so my eyes just began to open to the epidemic that it really was and i couldn't i couldn't stand by and just not do anything and so it came down to you know my military career which was going great i mean it wasn't there it was eat I shouldn't say easy, but it was it was just smooth, right? Everything was taken care of, our family was taken care of, it had no worries. But I couldn't. There was just a burden. The burden became too heavy, and so that's when I had to say, "All right, God, I'll I'll leave this and uh, I'll follow you and trust you." And I mean, it's a it's an <laughs> and it's been an interesting adventure, but uh, God's wow. been there every step of the way. So
0: you feel like there was a starting point for you in terms of pornography, or the do you remember one moment or.
2: Well, that's what I try to realize. I think it, it was, it's been just a, it's a small progression. A lot of it was curiosity, you know, trying to figure things out. And like I said, you know, when we don't have these discussions in the church and in our families, we, we learn through what we can find in the world. And, I mean, everything is out there. I mean, back then, you know, I didn't have a, a smartphone. So that, that's huge, and that's why I have so much. <laughs> sympathy and grace for the young men today is because what they have in their pockets and Mm. I mean they can be sitting in the middle of a room and have privacy you know that we would have to go seek out and and look for things and so it was a I think it was just kind of a gradual thing you know and I I would always try to justify it by you know maybe I'm just trying to learn of how you know all this works and why we do these things and all that and so I can't think of like a specific yeah. instance, you know, but I think it was just a uh, kind of a gradual fade.
1: Mm-hmm. And that's what at the conference, I try to tell the parents, there's nothing that we're going to talk about that your kid is not already heard or going to hear on the school bus, in the locker room, at school, at, you know, at your friend's <laughs> right. house, you know, these issues, those kids, they, they talk about them more than you want to realize that they're talking about them. And so that's what I encourage the parents. It's like, we're talking about things that your kid is already going to, well, like you said, yeah. if if he hasn't already heard about them, he's going to hear about them from his friends or from the world. You might as well learn and mm-hmm. be taught from a godly Christian perspective. To Like you said, if you had had someone to ask healthy questions of, you know, you could ask talk to someone, you probably wouldn't have gone as deep as you did, but it was such a secretive thing that it could grow into this huge monster before you knew it had got to that level.
0: Right. Yeah, that's a great point. I just wrote that down. If we don't talk about it, you know, if we don't talk about it, if we're not the ones to address it. And I've kind of mentioned this lately that I appreciate that I feel like the church is maybe moving toward an era of grace more so than we have been, you know, and I try to have that element of grace in our life and maybe being in a Christian Pentecostal type church where it's all about holiness and spiritual and Holy spirit. And, you know, you don't want to bring up that struggle because then it's like, you're not spiritual anymore. And I want to turn that conversation around and say, you're, you're human. So what you're telling me is you're human. right? What you're telling me is you're like everyone else where, okay, maybe your struggle is different, but we struggle. Maybe your sin is different, but we still struggle with sin and being able to get get people in a more, not comfortable with their sin place, but comfortable to engage God in the struggle that they're walking through.
2: Right. And one of the things that I've thought about lately is, you think about David, right? Think about what he did in the Bible. I mean, he literally murdered a woman's husband because of sin that he had committed with her, right? But then think about how much God still used him. You know, yes, he, he had to face the consequences of that, absolutely. But when you think about our churches today, if someone done anything remotely, yeah. I mean, remotely— close to that they would be basically buried buried, never <laughs> right. again and how do we come that far you yeah, know like you're right. saying with the grace for this type of stuff you know we can talk about pride we can talk about anger we can talk about all these things and those are just as sinful yeah right. in god's eyes why is sexuality and sexual sin so much different and i think you know a lot of it is just because it's kind of been for generations that it's been pushed under the rug and buried, but, um, it's, it's huge. And that that's one of the problems is it touches so many of us. And I yeah. mean, really we're all sexually broken in some form or fashion, right? And people just don't like to, to dig into that, but yeah. God, the healing that comes through it is just incredible.
1: So today with us, we also have Greg Krawick He's our new associate pastor. And Greg has a 12-year-old son. I do. So this is a really good chance. Like, Greg, what would you say to someone like Chad? Like, like as you're hearing his story, what is going through your mind as a father of a 12-year-old to process the information you're hearing Chad say?
0: Actually, the question that came to mind was, how young are you actually seeing kids now start to struggle with this? That's a good or, question. you know, how young are they being introduced to this?
2: So it's it's getting younger and younger. Uh, the studies are showing now it's about eight years old is usually wow. the average for f- first exposure. Mm-hmm. And so, just with the you know the, the advancements in entertainment and technology, it, the age just keeps getting younger. Yeah. And I mean, you look at you know we give our kids phones and stuff to you know look at things. And that's why I'm like ultra paranoid. My kids, if they're on YouTube, I'm like we have to always be watching, you know, I mean, they're one in three, uh, but they like watching music videos or little, yeah. you know, little things right. here and there. And so I'm ultra paranoid because it doesn't, they don't even have to seek it out. These things come to them. And right. so, yeah, that's what they're saying is, you know, it's as young as eight and it's just, it keeps getting younger with the advancements of technology and things like that.
1: So as parents, we can't just think, "Oh, my kid, he's fine. He he would never do that. He wouldn't. If he saw that, he'd be fine." You know, we can ever assume that our kid would be safe. Right? You know.
2: And there's a lot of good resources out there now. I mean, there is a there's tons of amazing resources for parents just to to equip you to be able to have these conversations with your kids and to ask questions. You know, probing questions that make your kids think and and so it's not as uncomfortable you know like they pretty much do all the work for you and so if you want to to help your kids the resources are there i mean there is endless resources so that's another exciting thing is just sharing with the parents and equipping them with some of those resources yeah and
1: and we had talked about i know we're gonna have at the conference too um the good pictures bad pictures book which is so good that opens up that discussion for parents Mm -hmm. saying okay there are good pictures in the world and there are bad pictures what are you going to do when you see those bad pictures Mm -hmm. i like that the other podcast that we did jessica she uses the term screen rape in other words, your kid didn't ask for that. It popped up on his screen and he's just mm-hmm. like, what happened just now? And mm-hmm. their curiosity is, you know, peaked and all of a sudden now they're in this world and they never asked for that to be on their phone. They never asked for that to be on the, you, sometimes even the commercial, you know, you're like, these commercials are worse than the show sometimes, you know? And so I think preparing as a parent, preparing your child for when that happens, what are they going to do? What is their, their response going to be? Right. And not just saying, oh, they're good Christian kids, they'll know better. Like, yeah. you no. Know.
0: I mean, we were uh, watching, America's Got Talent. What well, we we're watching the other day, The Voice, some one America's of those. Got Talent, yeah. yeah. America's Got Talent, and like just <laughs> a couple of. The, I got five-year-old boys. A couple of the commercials, like okay, I will go in the other room now, or trying to turn it off real yeah, quick, right. you know.
1: And we just turned it off. I was like, you know what, this is ridiculous. You can't mm-hmm. even watch a show with commercials. I'm like, rather not even right. open that up for them.
0: Right. You know? uh, I thought you brought up a very good point, and in terms of as you were going through the struggle, it's just it seems like again probably in the movement that I'm a part of, the Islam's God or Pentecostal-type movement, the the response is like, pray more, just pray more, just read your Bible more. And I feel like we're at a point now where we owe it to the generations below us and ourselves as men and as followers of Jesus to give a better answer than that and to help people go through some of these journeys in this process. Because it's like, you know, someone walks into the church, uh, I'm struggling with fill in the blank. Could be porn, could be whatever, and it's just kind of like, well, just... Wave the Jesus wand over it and it's and it's all good. Sometimes it's it's not that simple, right?
2: Oh, uh, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean that's one of the things that's crazy about the specific issue with pornography is the effects it has on your brain and how it changes your brain and the pathways it creates. And that's why it takes so long and such difficult work to reverse all that damage that's been done. Cause I mean, if someone's been addicted to pornography, you know, for five or six, seven, eight, ten, however long they can't expect just to miraculously be healed and never struggle again in, you know, six months. I mean, it's going to take years. And so that's one of the biggest things that we have to understand, you know, as we help these people, that there's going to be slip ups, there's going to be setbacks, but that, you know, as long as we're making progress, that's our biggest focus, you know, is making progress. And then exactly like you said, just being willing to walk alongside them and share our story, you know, and realize that we're broken in areas too. Uh, And we're, we're all from, you know, the same, the same thing, you know, I'm no better than the guy who's completely addicted, you know, I'm just redeemed. And so, yeah, I think that's, that's very important.
0: Yeah. It's, you know, I just think about things of, I mean, I try to go back to my, non-Christian life as a teenager, as a teenage boy, uh, walking through life. And obviously, I'm saved. I've given my life to Christ. You know, I'm redeemed. I'm, I'm walking with him right now. But, you know, for those teenagers, boys that are going to come to the conference, the girls, it's like, don't sleep with your boyfriend. Why? Yeah. Don't watch porn. Why? You know, you know, like, we owe them something more than like, uh, uh because God said to, you know, yeah. really huh. trying to get to them and be like, not only share with them God, God's plan. And you know what I'm saying? Walking them through that a little bit more than just being this religious preachy people. Like, don't do that. Cause God says no. Yeah. Well, tell me why. Yeah. Cause and I that, like it. Yeah, I, you know, and, I enjoy it. I'm, you know, they're like you said, they're deep into it and they need to be pulled out of it. Right.
2: And I think that, you know, there's a lot, of, again, there's a lot of good resources. Fight the New Drug, that's one, um, and they're really good. at They they take it from, they don't even use a biblical perspective per se. They just use the, the negative effect it has on our culture, you know, with the people that are in it are mostly victims of sex trafficking. You know, they're being abused, they're being drugged, all these things. And if you ask these boys, you know, would you be interested in this most like i mean support sex trafficking most of them are going to say no way you know but yet when we go and when we view this stuff and consume it we're supporting it and so Hmm. i think a lot of yeah a lot of it is just opening our eyes you know to the bigger picture and really understanding what's going on um and then yeah just having grace and walking with them you know because that's like you said you know a lot of people might just say oh pray your pray and read your bible more and then or they might just give them a book You know, here read this too, but no, like let's let's dig into that and let's let's uh, journey together. You know, let me journey with you, and I think that's really where, you know, in community and in as men and as young men as boys, let's get in community and let's talk and let's discuss things, let's ask hard questions, you know, and and wrestle with that and and let God do what He does. I mean, the God that we serve is incredible, and it's nothing too big for Him.
0: Yeah. And there's just so much I know, Jessica, Rachel, we're talking about this, you know, there's just so much layer, more layers, it feels like now today in terms of uh, porn, sexuality, homosexuality, um, identity, uh, you know, what are you? Who are you? I mean, there's so many layers of this stuff coming at these young people. That they they got to be so confused, man. Are you pansexual? Are you homosexual? Are you straight? Are you gay? Are you you're all of them? You're some of them. You're twenty percent one of this, forty percent. I mean, it's becoming that. So I can't even imagine. And the reason I'm passionate about it is because you know when I was a teenager, I did what was cool. Yeah. So for me, when I was in high school, I was you know playing basketball. I was partying via alcohol was the drug of choice and girls right but i mean if fast forward if jeremiah johnson as a teenage boy was in 2019 you know what i'd be doing i'd be smoking weed i'd be doing that i would be doing what is cool and available today right which is different which is some of it more intense which is more addictive which is more confusing than ever before
2: absolutely absolutely
0: pastor rachel
1: um So I want to know, like, what are some of the encouraging things you're going to give to the young men? Because we're going to have a variety of young men at the conference. So some are going to have never seen pornography. Some of them have, like, experimented or seen it because of their friends or whatever. Um, What are some of the hope that we give to the young men?
2: Really that you're not alone. I think that's the biggest thing because that was one of my biggest, you know, I think that's one of the biggest lies that the devil tells us is that you – you are a messed up dude and you shouldn't do anything or say anything until you get fixed and we'll never be fixed by ourselves. You know, (laughs) we can never be fixed and, you know, just you're not alone and there's hope, Mm -hmm. you know, and then if, if you're willing to kind of take some of the hard steps to talk about this and ask some of these questions, you're going to be so much further ahead than a lot of young men who are not willing to do that and aren't having these discussions because it's it is deep and it it's hard to talk about these things. But once you once you start doing it and you experience what God can do in your life, mm-hmm. whenever you give him everything, because a lot of times we kind of put our sexuality in a separate box. And <laughs> Dr. Slattery, who I listen to a lot and have learned a lot from, she talks about this, you know, like we have all these different compartments. We yeah. we let God have everything, but when it comes to our sexuality, we have that kind of over off to the side. Whereas God wants all of us. And right. so when you start thinking of it in that sense and say, God, have my sexuality, have my desires, have, you know, I want to understand this. I want to do it in a way that's pleasing to you. I want to, you know, understand biblical sexuality in a way that is glorifying to you man what god can do in your life it takes it to a whole new level and that's what i've experienced a lot lately is as i give him more in in every part of me i this closeness and this intimacy with god continues to grow and it just creates this desire that i want others to experience and so yeah just understanding there is hope you know and and what you're going through and the feelings you have and the things that are happening in your body like that's that's normal, you know, yeah, and that's yeah. not you're not a freak for that stuff happening, and you know God loves you, period. No matter what you're going through, you know he, He's not sitting up there shaking his head in disgust. You know, whenever yes, you, yeah, whenever you, you know, look at something or do something that you shouldn't have done, He's not just you know face palm and like I can't believe you know this this kid is doing this. He's yes, his yeah. arms are open yeah. and He's wanting you just to run to Him to meet those needs, um, and then you know. A lot of some of it isn't necessarily your fault. You know that's something that's hard to uh, process, and that's something I've learned a lot. And as I do the mentoring the young men, they have a very hard time grasping that a lot of the ways and and family dynamics and things we went through kind of put us in the situations we're in. And that's not a, necessarily we're not blaming our parents or putting the you know the blame on them or guilting them or anything. It's just kind of the way the way it was. And so just understanding that, you know, it's not all your fault. Some of the things yeah, have happened yeah. that, have, that have created these desires or things have happened in your life. And so having grace for yourself and be able to forgive yourself, you know, and that's one of the hardest things is being able to forgive ourselves because self-hatred is abundant and self-hatred is not of God mm-hmm. at all. I mean, that's of the devil. And so if we hate ourselves for these things, we have to learn how to have compassion for ourselves and be self-compassionate with ourselves. And that's that's tough. But if we can understand that and understand what God can do with that, it the the results are incredible. And the the level of intimacy with God is our ultimate goal.
0: Yeah. That's good. Well, I just want to say thanks for stepping up. Thanks for the ministry, because there there are not a lot of avenues that kids can seek out today uh, for help for this. So I just we just want to encourage you and, and keep up the great work, and 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 Lord bless you in this. I mean, it's awesome to yeah. just
2: sit here and talk to you. Thank it's you great. very much. Great.
0: Well, again, I know it's going to be a great conference, the No Price Tag Conference, August 15th, 16th, and 17th, and in Carthage, Missouri, Grace Point. You can check it out. It's nopricetagconference.com, right, you said? Yes. And any other? Chad
1: is going to be with us on Thursday night, August 15th at 7 o'clock. Okay. So it's going to be a great night. He's going to share his testimony. But not only that, but encourage the boys and exactly the things that we're talking about. And then we're going to have a, a great time. We're going to have all the guys come to the altar time. We want to pray over them and encourage them. And I think from what I'm gathering from what we're talking about today is that we want to encourage these guys in that, hey, there's there's – dads there's youth leaders and in other words encourage them to find accountability right to find other people that they can have this conversation with it's not just a one night event and okay we're going to send them on they're all going to be good but to let them know hey there are people out there that care about you people that want to encourage you find and maybe you're saying like to f- tell them find find hope when you get in that place where you finally like there's you feel you find alone you feel alone nobody cares hey nope don't believe that lie seek out another man to help you
0: right Yeah, it's going to be great. And for those that, again, we have viewers, listen or listeners, excuse me, listeners that are not in this area, listen different parts of the country across the world. Again, they might be listening to this podcast and saying, "Oh man, that was some good stuff." Where can I check out some more information regarding the things that you talked about? Again, give us your website, social, those kind of things. So
2: yeah, uh, hit me up on my website, and then I have a you can schedule a call with me, and I. I love talking to people so do the schedule the call it's just 618 mentoringcom so 618 mentoringcom you can find everything my te- some of my testimonies on there what I do um, and then if you know if you want to connect with me further just schedule a call shoot me an email and I would love to hear from you
1: and I do have to ask what does 618 stand for
2: so it's the scripture 618 uh, James 6 618 and it talks about the how the sexual sin is the, uh, you put me on the spot now, in my mind. <laughs> <laughs> but it talks about, you know, sexual sin. We should flee sexual temptation okay. because when it's sexual sin, it's against our own bodies. Oh, yeah. And so, yeah, it's the scripture.
1: I figured it was someone asked me, I said I'm pretty sure it's a scripture. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: Put me on the spot, make my mind go blank. Right.
1: Good. Well, I'm excited about that ministry. And hopefully through this conference and through this podcast, we'll be able to get more people connected that are just like, you that felt hopeless. Nobody cares. Nobody's out there. I don't know where to turn. Hopefully this will give them an avenue to have someone to turn to.
0: Yeah. Chad, thanks for joining the Grace Point Daily Podcast. It was awesome hearing your story. For those of you that are listening, share this podcast with other people so that they can hear it. And along with that, I'll remind you that we had a podcast with Brittany Smith, Jessica Joy, uh, Rachel Johnson has one coming up. So there's this bank, this little series of no price take series that I hope that you will share with everyone posted on your social, et cetera. Guys, thanks for listening. We will talk to you next time.